I'm going to open up with prayer, but I'm going to read out of my little prayer book because it's, it's, it's awesome as well. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, God, our Heavenly Father, through thy mercy, we have been brought to the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And by thy goodness, we are permitted to enter upon the duties of another day. We thank thee for thy loving kindness and humbly beseech thee that we may this day show forth thy praise with our lips and in our lives. Banish all doubt from our minds and drive away all shadows from our souls. Enable us to realize thy presence in our going out and our coming in and in our downsetting and in our uprising. May we have grace to think those things that are right and courage to speak the words that may set forth thy kingdom. We pray that our dear ones may be kept both outwardly and in their bodies and inwardly and in their souls and be defended from all adversity which may happen to the body and from all evil through which may assault and hurt the soul. Keep thy church to continue godliness and grant that, th that through the consecrated work of Christian people everywhere, the whole world may be brought to Jesus Christ and be saved. And oh, bless Lord, when the busy day of our little life on earth is over, may we with all our loved ones enter the service of eternal praise in thy heavenly home through the soul merits of our Lord, through the soul merits of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because there's nothing we can do. Our God, our Father, we come to thee with grateful hearts for all that mercy and goodness towards us. We know we are unworthy of the least of thy favors. We have nothing in ourselves to commend us to thee except our weakness and need, but we rejoice that notwithstanding our unworthiness, thou dost bid us to come to thee and tell thee all that is in our hearts. We confess before thee our sins and beseech thy forgiveness. We plead for thy grace and the strength thou alone uh, earnest give for our every experience of life. We pray that thy will draw us nearer to thyself. May we ever be conscious of thy presence and be uplifted by the assurance of thy guidance and fellowship. Make the better and the noble life of the Spirit more real to us today by day. Take thou possessions of all of our thoughts and fill us with the Holy Spirit. Take thou possession of all of our thoughts and fill us with the Holy Spirit. Enable us to overcome every temptation and to know and to do thy holy will. Lead us by thy mighty and loving hand always and make our lives a blessing and other souls. When thou art done with us here, receive us, we pray to thyself. In the upper and better world, we ask all of this in the name of and for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Now, God, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, 
will be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, happy Sabbath. (laughs) Our time of worship. Our day of worship. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And uh, today's message is prayer without works isn't faith. <laughs> I know y'all trying to, trying to figure that one out, right? Let me repeat it again. Prayer without works isn't faith. James 2.17 will support this. Now, during morning glory prayer and after service, As we congregate together, some of the members of the church with myself, we have been seeking God for continued deliverance, deliverance of our soul and holiness. Now, as I prayed over it uh, and seeking understanding, because I'm always trying to understand, you know, why we keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. And why we're not growing and coming above, you know. The Lord led me in this direction of prayers without works. Amen. Now, we cry out asking God for deliverance from bondages, freedom from our sinful natures, and never feel we have it unless we see it. We are the people who got to see everything before we can receive it. Amen. Now, Hold on, because I know your intelligence is challenging that statement. But wait and listen. First thing, the Bible in Hebrew 11.1 1 states, Now faith is the substance, the realization of things hoped for. The realization of things hoped for. The evidence or the conviction of things not seen. Okay, y'all missed that. Or either you missed the statement I said before. We cry out for things, and because we don't see it, we don't think we have it. Okay? But I said the Bible said, faith is the substance or the realization of things that we hope for And it is the evidence or our conviction of the things that we don't see. See, you do need faith to believe for something, but you already possess it. You already possess it. Ah. Open us up. Do surgery on us, Father, today so we can receive. See, faith causes God's answers to our situation to manifest in the proper timing. The new thing he is doing in our souls as we are praying and standing and believing God for stuff will cause our hearts to rejoice. See, it's far greater than you just getting what you're asking for. He is doing a new thing in your soul because our soul needs to be delivered after receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. See, we want to ask him for stuff, and all we want to do is just see what 
what, what we're asking for, and then that's it. But see, God is doing far greater than just giving you what you asked for. He's doing a greater thing in your soul that needs deliverance. And if he didn't do it, you wouldn't be able to handle what you're asking for. Prayer is vitally important for it is the beginning of the change. And if you don't pray, don't expect to change. Okay? However, there are a few steps that must take place in order to see the answer, which we will, which we believers often overlook. Oh, we just want what we want. And because God is who he is, we just expect for him to just do what we want. <laughs> Help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> The problem isn't on God. Because you know what? He has already done it. It was done and completed at the cross. The problem we have is that we don't believe that. And we don't understand it. So we don't know how to reach up and grab what we've already been given and let it manifest here in our lives. Oh, Prayer is just a vehicle to draw down what has already been done in our lives here on earth. See, prayer opens the windows of heaven. Go to Malachi 3.10. I'm going to use an unusual scripture to support this. Ah, so God, I'm excited about what you're doing. I just pray that everybody gets on board and hear. Prayer opens the window of heaven. Because, see, it's, it's just like tithing. It's a biblical and spiritual discipline. Okay? So in Malachi 3.10, he says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat, that there may be meat in my house. He's not talking about the kind of meat you chew on. He's talking about revelation from his word. That the revelation of his word will be in the house. He says, improve me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I would not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there should not be room enough for you to receive it. Well, you see, don't think about the tithes as so much as your prayers. Because remember I said both of them are spiritual disciplines that causes God to stand up on his throne. Get up out of the seat on his throne. Rise up and bless you. Prayer opens the windows of heaven. Trust, trust, trust causes God to stand at the window. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Ceasing, ceasing your labor causes God to look through the window. Ah, glory. And rest causing, causes the blessing to pour out of the window. Okay, I had to say this again, because see, y'all didn't get this. Y'all wasn't even trying to get it. You're just listening to some words. Help us, Holy Ghost, to get the revelation. Prayer opens the windows of heaven. Your trust in God causes God to stand at the window. Let me tell you, the woman with the issue of blood and the crowd of people to 
touched the hem of his garment. They, she didn't even get to touch God. The people didn't even see. Jesus didn't even see her. In the physical, he saw her in the spirit realm because when she touched the hem of his garment, it pulled his virtue out to bless her. That's what real faith does. It pulls on the virtue of God and calls God to rise up and do what he, his name said he's capable of doing. So prayer opens up that window. When you trust God, not what you see and not what you can do, but when you trust God, it causes him to rise up and stand at the window to be prepared to bless his child. And when you stop ceasing to do your thing, because you got to work it out, you got to fix it. You got to do something. And if it ain't working quick enough, then you step in and you start doing it. You've asked God, but it ain't happening the way you think it should happen. So you start laboring and doing stuff and thinking of what can I do it. <laughs> but when you cease your labor, it causes God to look through the window. <laughs> oh, God. And because you trust him, and you ain't trying to do anything, you just resting in him, it causes the blessing to pour out of the window. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, so we, 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 we understand what the steps are now to get what we need, all right? James 2.17 actually states, Faith, if it have not works, is dead being alone. Now, I said at the beginning that prayers without works is not faith. James says, faith without works is dead. It's like being alone and don't have any help. <laughs> now, James was really saying, if you believe... Mm. That's why that step that you took, Lauren, was a faith walk. Because you are standing alone. You are the minority. You are the remnant. And you haven't seen nothing yet. What God is going to do for you to take such a strong. It's easy to talk the talk. But it's a whole nother thing to walk the walk. So he was, James was really saying, if you believe God's word, then put some legs to it. Amen. <laughs> put action to the word as if you have already received what you're asking for. Amen. Act according to the answer and not as one still requires but not expecting. Amen. See, we ask for stuff, but we don't act like we're going to get it. Because yes. we from the Missouri, you me first. You need to act. Once you put your request in, you need to act like you do if you have the answer. Amen. And not constantly 
asking and requesting, but still not expecting anything because you're waiting to see. Okay. Oh, huh. What James is saying is be busy for the sake of busyness. That's what he wasn't saying. Don't be just busy doing stuff. It don't amount to nothing. Amen. He was saying, say what you believe, which is out of God's word, not out of your soul. Say what you believe out of God's word, not out of your soul. See, out of your soul flows the issues of problems. Out of the word flows the issues of victory and accomplishment. But you got to believe that. See, your soul is messed up because of all of the damages that have been done to you and the damages that have come from your decisions in life. Okay, y'all. See, we just want to focus on what someone else has done to us in life that caused us to be in the state that we're in. But think about some of the decisions and choices that you made that has caused damage to you. Think about all the stuff you did when you thought you was big enough, grown enough to do it. Because it made you feel good. And now you're upset because you don't feel good. Because that thing that made you feel good was working against your health, against your mind. And now the consequences shows up as a result of decisions that you made. Now, y'all know what what I'm talking about. Drugs, sex, alcohol, lying, the whole list goes, okay? And you didn't think nothing about it because you thought, I ain't hurt nobody, okay? Well, yeah. Yeah, you were, you were hurting yourself, but guess what? You were hurting a lot of other people who are on the other side of your purpose that you can't fulfill because you are either physically enabled and capable or emotionally or mentally incapable, incapable of doing what God purposed for you to do. And those people who were going to be blessed by your purpose are still waiting. And all you were thinking was, I ain't bothering nobody. You're right. You ain't touching a living soul, and Jesus ain't glorified by your life. Uh, See, I have to tell the truth and the revelation that's going to uplift us, not something that's going to tickle your ears and make you feel good for the moment. And and when you leave here, tell me, oh, we had a good time. So what did she say? I don't know, but we just had a good time. No, I want you to like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Please do not continually work at saying the wrong thing, but, ex- but expecting God to do the miraculous or the supernatural in your unbelief. Do not continue working at the same thing and saying the same wrong things, but expecting God to do the miraculous or the supernatural in your unbelief. Supernatural is God putting his spirit and his power to our natural ability. 
so you, you say all these things and you do these things, but because you want God to do something different, you expect him to override your will and do what you desire. It don't operate like that. You see, contrary to Satan, he's a gentleman. God has given us a free will to make some choices. And those choices that you make will determine what's going to happen. But we want God to just always to do the supernatural and then handicap him with your lack of natural ability. Because you work against what you're expecting. Amen. Just think about it, even with our health. God healed me, but I'm eating all the stuff yeah. that caused this condition in the first place. Amen? Amen. So you, what you need to be saying, God, deliver me from me. Deliver me from those things that I crave and feel I have to have. And then because you broke down, messed up, then you come up, well, I'm going to have some enjoyment in my life. I'm going to just eat this. But God healed me. God's double-minded man is, is unsafe in all his ways. Not just in that one particular area. Okay. I don't think y'all like me today, but I don't. Okay. Therefore, we must first pray. Second, trust. Third, cease. And fourth, rest. Okay? Faith is the prayer. Faith is the prayer. And trusting, ceasing, resting, and in that order is the work. Okay, let me, let me, let me say this again. Faith is the prayer. And trusting, ceasing, resting in that order is the work. See, the work of faith is spiritual and is scriptural. Let's go over to Psalms 37. And I'm going to do, I'm going to read a lot of songs right now. Amen. And I pray that you will be, be uh, inspired. But I'm going to be flipping back and forth, okay? Amen. When I said that faith is the prayer and trusting, ceasing, resting, those are the works, okay? And that the, our faith work is spiritual and it's scriptural. Okay. So, Psalms 37, I'm going to give you first the key verses to support that statement. But then I'm going to go back and we're going to read the whole song. Okay. So, the first thing he says, um, verse 3. And this is, this is the song of David. Every song I'm going to give you is the song of David. And it's important for you to recognize that because you know all that David went through and all that David did. Yeah. But what David did know that helped him to overcome and come out of his situations, he knew how to go to God with his stuff. Okay? He knew how to go to God with his stuff. And he knew how to repent. And, and, and he didn't do that same thing over and over and over again. Okay? So he says, verse 3, trust in the Lord. And do good. So shall thou dwell in the land, and verily thou should be glad. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desire of thine heart. Now, when he says delight yourself, he's not talking about in your soulish stuff, but delight in his ways. 
so that your way will become like his way, okay? Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So I think trusting and commit is somewhat similar, because if you trust in God, you're committing a thing to him, and you don't have to worry and fret, because you know he's going to do what he says he's, he's capable of doing, Amen. okay? And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. You know what? This verse is also in, um, I think it's in Isaiah when he's talking about fasting. He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. In other words, he's bringing health and healing to your navel. Seven, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prosper in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Don't worry about that. Rest in the Lord. See, that's our problem. We're worrying about what the evil folks are doing instead of trusting in the Lord. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. So those little works of faith is very, very important in order for you to see what God is doing underneath all of that because he will expose it to you at his proper time. In your due season, he will expose all that you've done and his working undercover. See, his working undercover is not working to put things in place or to give or to work the answer because they gotta, he's got to do something or he and his angels got to come up with the answer and they're working it. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was done on the cross. Amen. He's working on your attitude. He's working on your character. He's delivering your soul so that you can awaken to what he's done, realize it, and walk in it. We can't walk in stuff of God because we're too caught up in self and the world's view. So it hinders us from actually walking in God's precepts. Or even, let's go further than that, understanding his precepts. We can't understand his precepts because they are foolishness to the carnal thinking person. You've got to have a spiritual mind to comprehend what God is doing. You got to have a spiritual mind to comprehend that God answered you all of the prayers that's ever going to come to pass on the cross. Did y'all know that? So why do you get discouraged and lose faith and hope when you don't see what you're looking for? Why do you keep saying the problem over and over and over again as if it hasn't been answered? If you believe that. See, if you really believe that and you've given God your problem, you rest on the knowledge of knowing that he will do what he said he's going to do. And that he's a man of honor, and a man of honor fulfills what his name says. And you know him by his name. And his name is good and honorable. And it has all of these descriptions that gives you his resume. And if you know his resume, then all you have to do is thank him by calling out that name. 
when we go through the book, see, we, oh, we love to recite stuff. Ooh, hallelujah, praise the Lord, yes, amen. And then later on that evening, you know, I got this pain. All this stuff keep happening, you know, but you were rejoicing over who God said he is in that particular situation, okay? Let's think about what we're saying. Let's stop doing stuff out of religious motives and traditions. You see, that's why we can't advance and grow. And that's why there's only going to be a remnant when Jesus comes back. Because the majority are religious. So we were worshiping on Jehovah Jireh. And we were saying... It all has been done. There's nothing greater. You have accomplished it all, Lord. Jehovah Jireh, you have done it all. You know the reason why we couldn't get into rejoicing that? Because we don't believe it. Because there's some things that's going on in your life that is not right, and you, and you don't see him as Jehovah Jireh, but you got it backwards. See him as Jehovah Jireh first, and then you will see things change in your life. Because when you say Jehovah Jireh, oh, that sounds great. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. That sounds wonderful. But do you hear what you say? He is saying, I am your provider. Not Blue Cross Blue Shield, Medicaid, Ford Motor. I am your provider. And everything you need, I have it. And I will, and I shall provide for it. But do you believe? Do you really want to be made free? Or do you just like hearing yourself speak? I shall, I will. That's what the Bible says. It does not say, I think I can. I might. Everything in the Bible said, I will. I shall. So what he wants to see is how badly do you want it? How hard are you going to work in the spirit for it? How strong are you going to stand? How long will you stand? That's all he wants to see. Where is your faith? So that you can be encouraged. Not to prove or show him anything, but he knows if he does that, it encourages you. It lifts you up out of the small stuff. And then you go from glory to glory, faith to faith, because you get elevated. If I stand and believe him for a parking spot, then maybe one day I can believe him for a plane ticket. You got to start somewhere. That's why I said you don't have a clue. Just to stand for one thing. Now you're going to have something greater to stand for. And he don't fail us. He don't do like we do. You can't, we can't depend on each other. We show up when we feel like it. Or when it's convenient. Or we may not show up at all because I'll see what you need to understand. I got to get my sleep. But God says rest in me. If you rest in me then I'll make a few seconds over, override 24 hours of sleep. And, and, and see, 
I'm not just talking the book. I'm talking about experience. Where he will make your day longer and you're able to fulfill more because you got up rather than trying to lay in bed and just sleep, sleep, sleep. Like, and that sleep is gonna do what? Yeah, you're right. And because it can't restore your body, it can't restore your mind. Uh-uh, God can do that. Okay, James 2, let's go over to James 2. And we're gonna, hold, your, hold that spot over there in Psalms because we're gonna go back eventually. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, I, th- I, th- I thank you for your spirit to come in and open up our hearts and minds to hear what the spirit of the Lord has to say. James 2, uh, verse, verses 14, excuse me, through 20. And it says, what do it profit, my brethren, though a man say he have faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Because your works determines your faith. <laughs> if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, depart in peace. Well, you know, that's that religious stuff. Where, you know, you know God is going to take care of you. It's okay. And, and you got some money where you can help buy some food for that person right now. And if you do what you're supposed to do, then God will multiply and increase both of you. Amen. He says, depart in peace, be ye warm and feel, not <laughs> be ye warm and feel, notwithstanding you give, gave them not those things which are needful for the, to the body, but what do it profit? Even so, faith, if it have not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you, show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. Do you hear what it's saying? The devil believed that there's a God. But the believer is supposed to show and prove that God is existing here on earth as he is in heaven. And we do that by faith, not by uh, 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 this, this phony faith of calling things that be not as though they were. Now, I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about where the faith and the belief in your heart is so strong in your Lord and Savior that he has to manifest it. And what you're of what you are acquiring for, uh, asking for, lines up with his kingdom. Not your selfishness. Not your uh, lustfulness. He says, I'm gonna read that again. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? It's dead faith. We can talk a bigger game than we can walk. Okay, go over to Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4. And let's see, we're going to start with verse 6. And it said, Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must 
entered therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. So we're talking about the Jews who didn't believe at first, and so the, uh, the message was given to the, to the Gentiles, the Greek. And again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, hearten not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterwards have spoken of another day? There remained therefore a rest to the people of God. And I know that a lot of people use this to confirm a Sabbath day, but it's far deeper than one day that you choose to worship God and, and, and not labor. This is far deeper than that, okay? For he that is entered into his rest have also ceased from his own works as God did from his. So he's talking about entering to God to rest in him so you can cease doing what, you, what you've been doing to make things work on your behalf. That's what he's talking about, okay? And, and, and so what are some of the works? You're scheming, you're conniving, you're complaining, you're commiserating, and all of that. Those are dead works. He says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, what, the rest of God. Let us be diligent. That's what that laboring means. Let us be diligent. Therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. That's good news. Because your spirit got saved. But your soul has a lot of work that needs to be done to it. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Yeah. So though you may be shamming and coming out with an outward appearance yeah. to make us think one thing, yeah. God knows your heart. Yeah. And he knows the intents and the plans and the thoughts that you had, yeah. even if they don't materialize yeah. Yeah. into actions. Yeah. He know, knows those thoughts. And guess what? You will get the consequences of your thoughts. Not that outward action does not line up with what's really in your heart. So why don't you change that? And put your thoughts on what God has to say. So he can bless you. Amen? Neither is there any creature that is not manifested in his sight. <laughs> That's not revealed. You can't hide. Nothing can hide from the Lord. But all things, all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Rest in Hebrew and in these scriptures I've been talking about it means freedom from anxiety, conflict, and to be at peace. So being at peace, you're, you're seeking God for something, and it hasn't showed up where your physical eye can see it. But being at peace is that I know that God heard me, and he's going to answer me. And even though I don't feel the signs, and my natural eye don't see it, the eye in my heart does and believe it, and I'm holding on to it until it manifests. Amen. Amen. 
That's to be at peace because I'm resting in God. You know, God promised his, his people, Israel, a peaceful place to settle. Remember he says, I'm going to take you to a land of milk and honey and all of that, okay? And, 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 and we are just like they are and they are just like we are. So if God gives you a good word and he tells you, well, God is, is telling you the vision. He's, he's showing you what's, gonna, what's forthcoming. And soon as you hear, oh, you shouting, you so happy and all of that, but what you don't realize that that's forthcoming. And there's some stuff you got to do to get there. And so when he pulls you back to prepare you to go that way, now you don't see anything and you've lost hope. But I thought God said, well, are you saying God is a liar? Because you don't see it? Are you at peace? So, okay, God promised them a place to settle. Obtaining this rest depended on Israel's complete obedience to God's command to drive out the Canaanites. The land of milk and honey was not like that when it was given to them. In order for it to become like that, they had to drive out the enemy for it to become like that. See, you see what I'm saying? Well, in order to get what you need from God, God wants you to drive out the enemy of your soul. (laughs) So you can occupy. You can't occupy and have what you're looking for if you don't do some work. And the work is you drive the stuff up out that doesn't belong so that he can show you the blessing and you can hold on to it. Because he can give you the desires of your heart while you're still a mess and you're going to mess up the person that comes with the desire. And you're not going to be able to hold on to it. You cannot hold on to the blessing when you are a mess. So, God has given you a promise about something, but what are the extending situations that's running interference in your life that's keeping you from seeing the light? Who was your enemy? Let's go over to Psalms 34. Uh, in the name of Jesus, hear, hear, hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Okay, now this is when I'm just going to read scripture. <laughs> ah, praise the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait, wait, wait on the Lord. <laughs> For when we do, he will shine a different light on the situation that will cause your situation to look less intimidating and hopeless. In fact, you will see a need to rejoice. Amen. 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 Glory. Okay. Psalms 34. Again, this is David. Glory. It says, when uh, the Psalm of David, when he changed his behavior before Amalek, who drove him away and he departed. You see, David did an action to his natural so God can do the super. (laughs) He says, I will bless the Lord at all times, not just when I feel good, not just when I'm getting what I'm asking for, but at all times. I will praise him, his praise should continually be in my mouth. 
his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Not my complaint, not my sorrow, not my pain, not my problems, but his praise. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Why do you have to talk to your soul? Because it's jacked up, messed up, bound up. And if you don't tell it what to do, it will not automatically do it. So you don't go by your feelings. You go by the truth. And the truth is the word that you have deposited in your heart. That's why you have to recite it to make it a reality. You don't just hear it and then speak it one time. You bring it up over and over and over again till your soul recognize it has to hearken to that truth and change come. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto me and were lightened or radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. Ah, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamped round about them that fear him. The angel of the Lord camped around those that fear the Lord. That means reverence the Lord. That's when the angels show up. The angels don't show up on our behalf unless God directs them. And the only way that God can direct them is you follow the path of the word. And when they hear the word of God, that's God's command, and that's when they show up. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusted in him. Blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord. Oh, fear the Lord, ye he saints, for there is no lack, that want means no lack, to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want or lack for any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear or the reverence of the Lord. What man is he that desired life and love it many days that he may see good? Now I'm going to tell you in the next verses. The one that keeps his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Guile is deceit. Let me, let, I'm going to stop right here. Deceit is to curse, to, to, I mean, I'm sorry, to cause to believe an untruth. To cause to believe an untruth. Facts are true, but God's worth is truth. And an enemy works with the facts, and he will have you to not believe the truth. So deceit is to cause to believe an untruth, a readiness to be charmed or persuaded by a deceiver. The enemy uses people, good people sometimes, to destroy you and your purpose. That's what happens with deceit. 14, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Ask God, what is your evil stuff? Because see, some of us who are born again, tongue speaking, think there's no evil in us. But ask God, what evil stuff need to come up out of you? The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. He's going to destroy them. 
from the remembrance of the earth. Now, as I'm reading this, I know when I was reading this, all I could think about is all the evil and stuff that we're facing today and getting hope. Okay, I want y'all to listen with your hearts. Okay? The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and deliver them out of all their troubles. He keeps saying this. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and such as be of a contrite spirit. Okay, now, I don't care what you see on the news. I don't care what you hear. Remember what the word is saying today. Okay, because the world don't govern and fashion a believer. We are aliens having an experience, but we belong to a higher kingdom, and that's where our power and our authority comes from. We just got to know it and believe it and act on it, okay? It says, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and save it such as be of a contrite spirit. That is one who is sorrowful and realize their sin and is willing to release it and let it go. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord deliver him out of them all. He keeps saying this. Are you a believer yet? <laughs> he keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Oh, I can't get over that part. He delivered the righteous out of all of his, his afflictions. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all your heart, okay? Oh, God, he keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Just like how when Jesus was on the cross and they did all that they did to him, but not one bone was broken. <laughs> Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be dissolute. That means destroyed. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be destroyed. Yes. Is that good news? Yes. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, go over to, back over to Psalms 37. I'm going to read the whole thing again. I mean the whole thing. I didn't read the whole thing before. It says, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Okay, hold, hold, hold on to that. Y'all got to be patient with me because uh, I'm, I'm, I am excited about what God has been speaking to me in order to prepare for us. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. He said, okay, let me, it says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Now I'm going to come back to that, but I got to go over here to Psalms 2. Why do the heathens rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Are you his anointed? As a covenant believer, you are the anointed, saying, this is what these heathens and these kings of this earth is saying. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. But he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. 
Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. That means his covenant people. He's set the king. I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me. Thou art my son. See, this is what we need to be doing. Are you a son yes. of the father? Yes. Well, rather than fretting over what you hear in this world, then you need to declare the decree that the Lord has said unto you. You are my son. This day I have begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thy inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. This is small k. That means us. We follow after our father. Be instructive, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, with reverence, and rejoicing with him. Kiss the son. <laughs> God, Jesus, that's, you know what? You had an opportunity this morning to kiss the son when we were in worship. But you were too dignified. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish from the way. So you see, when we don't worship him, when we don't praise him, you have alienated him. <laughs> when his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are they that put their trust in him. Go back to 37. We're going to begin again on verse 2 after you've learned about Freddie. <laughs> Why? For they soon shall be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. You know when you cut grass, you see how easy it is to cut and it just blows away? <laughs> Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. If you do good, you don't have to worry about where your next meal is coming from, although some of us can go without it a few times. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And it shall bring forth thy righteousness at the light, as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prosper in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. In other words, some people who are evil doing stuff to you and it seems like they're on the high right now, don't worry about it because they're coming down. And when they come down, baby, they're coming down hard and they will not be able to return where they, were, where they came from. They're either going to awaken to who God is and straighten up or they're going straight to hell. Cease from anger, verse 8, and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. You don't need to because God says vengeance is mine. I got you. For evildoers should be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For evildoers should be cut off. You don't have to plan, scheme, and connive how to make money in an evil way because God has your back. And if when you do it, you're going to suffer more lack than you can even imagine. Amen? Amen. The, I'm telling you what the Bible said, not what Lois says. 
For evildoers should be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, those that wait upon the Lord for your due season, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, or you'll be looking diligently for him, and it shall not be, because they'll be gone like the grass. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotted against the just, gnashed upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out, oh, I love this one. The wicked has drawn out his sword and have bent their bow to cast down. You know how you see somebody getting ready to shoot them arrows against you? Okay, well listen what happens. Because they're trying to cast down the poor and the needy and to slay such that as be of upright conversation with good conduct. Their sword shall enter into their own heart and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man have is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholded the righteous. Let me tell you, the ways that a wicked attain wealth, it shall be broken. And the wealth that they attain will be stored up for the righteous. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. Did you hear that? So why are we fretting about what's going on? What we should be doing is praying, interceding, decreeing, declaring, casting, binding, loosing, and trusting. Because I don't care what the reports are saying. If you are the righteous and the upright, you shall have what you need. Amen. And he said, bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the new day. Verse 20. But the wicked shall perish and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume or vanish into smoke shall they consume away. That, that when it says the enemies should be as the fat of lambs, that means splendor of the, of the metals, so, which is easy, gone, okay? 21, the wicked borrowed and pay it not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off or destroyed. And the earth is another word for land. So the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighted in his way. So the steps of a good man are established. That's what it means by order. Are established in the Lord. Amen. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholded him with his hand. See, y'all need, y'all need to celebrate the word. Yes. I bet you if I was some popular, well-known gospel singer up here performing, you'd be celebrating and rejoicing. Oh, hallelujah. I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And you're sitting there looking like, what is she talking about? Mm. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholded him with his hand 
hand, with his hand. David says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his generation, that's his seed, begging bread. <coughs> Excuse me. He is ever merciful and lineth, and his seed or his generation is blessed. Let me tell you, while you're sitting around here being tight and talking about, well, I made my way, let them make their way. Did you hear what the Bible said? When you are merciful and you lend it because you have it, then your generation, your offspring will be blessed. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment or justice and forsake not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom and his tongue talketh of judgment or justice. See, when you serve God, who is wisdom and you trust depend on him, he depart his wisdom in you. And so people of carnal thinking get angry and get upset. Oh, you just think you know everything. No, I know the one who does. And he feeds me. And he's giving me the tongue of the learned. And I'm stupid when I don't use it. Even though you don't like to hear it. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. Oh, glory, 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 glory. They won't be slipping and sliding. <laughs> the wicked watches the righteous and seeketh to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him with, when he is judged. Wait, wait on the Lord, and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. That means a native green tree. Yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. The perfect man is a nameless. He's not trying to be known and be popular. He wanted to be known of his Savior. Amen. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off, but the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them. Why? Because they trust in him. Wait, wait on the Lord. You see from those scriptures, we found serving God and doing what is right will always pay off. Do not let wicked, untamed flesh and broken emotions direct your path, for we see what the end results will be. Wait, wait, wait on the Lord. Satan wants God's glory, and when we choose not to stand and fight for righteousness, which, was, which will cause the Lord to fight for us, we rob God of his glory. And we do not reap all the good benefits the Lord has for us. The greatest attack the enemy uses against us believers is our emotions. Well, I'm not happy. 
It's not fair. I can't. I want. Don't that sound like a little child who don't know any better? It doesn't matter about all of those things. What does, what does the word say? Do you believe? Wait on the Lord. It wasn't fair for him to be crucified either when he hadn't done not one thing wrong. He couldn't even connect with wrong and evil, but he was crucified for us. And you talking about what's not fair. Sometimes we may need to suffer some momentary afflictions to have a lifetime of bliss with the Lord. God has spoken throughout his scriptures. And this is what he says when you're in those momentary afflictions. But I will deliver him from them all. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to have our benediction. Father, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit who will burn the message in our hearts, burn the testimonies in our hearts, and rearrange our lives, change some things so that we will be a vessel that you can work through. Thank you, Father, that you don't leave us the mess that we come to you as. You want to change us and fix us. And I thank you for opening up our hearts and our eyes to see all that we can be and to move in the path that you're leading and taking us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Traveling mercies for you as you leave this place. And when you leave, tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord.